1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world. George's Box. As always, I'm your host, JJ. Uh, This week coming to you from the Palace Hotel in San Francisco where I probably just woke up my neighbors by yelling at 6 in the morning. (laughs) Joined, as always, by Keith McPherson. Keith, how are you doing this
2: morning? Good morning, man. I'm good. Uh nine a.m. on the East Coast, six AM on your side. Uh about to talk Yanks baseball. You know what it is. Tuesday recording for George's box.
1: Yeah, we're uh we're excited. The Yankees are still uh still rolling. When we uh and also we just got a, uh did you get a lot of followers for your birthday?
2: Um I don't know. I actually I mean I picked up a decent amount of followers on Twitter and Instagram from a bunch of different things. I would say I got a decent amount. I'm not counting. I don't know the number, but my followers have been going up lately. It's a combination of the podcast, the modeling stuff, uh, my birthday. I don't know. I've just been um, on a little bit of a roll. So yeah, thanks to everyone that followed. I try to follow everyone back on Twitter, make a little like Yankees Twitter list and community. So just reach out to me if I haven't followed you back. But yeah, I'm all about that retweeting. I retweeted almost everyone that Wish me a happy birthday. You did. Um, You did. You're a basic bitch. Yeah, I'm definitely. You do that,
1: and you repost the stories when, like, when someone on Instagram wishes you a happy birthday, you reshare it, and it's like Michael Scott in the office, (laughs) and he's like, oh, I just called to wish you a happy birthday. Oh, I thought we shared the same birthday. Yeah,
2: I mean, that's what social media is for. I'm just sharing a love. I see people put it on their story, and I try and send it back to say, hey, thanks. I saw it, and I'm putting it out there. I'm sending it along, so... Um, appreciate the birthday love and all the shout outs. Um, I'll tell you your, your social media this weekend was an
1: adventure. Yeah. Between last week, it was the shat, the repost, retweeting everything for the birthday. Um, I, you, you got people to send you money for your
2: birthday. Yeah, <laughs> That was great, man. That was, I, I was, I have a list. Was real I, got, thought I, I made a couple hundred dollars on that. I, I basically told people that, Hey, I'm going into business for myself. A couple hundred dollars. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, fucking, I if I look I at the society. if I look at the list, I made like I made over 200 bucks. Just all the people from- people sending me Venmos and Cash Apps and PayPal saying happy birthday, congratulations on going into business for yourself, congrats on the modeling mm-hmm. thing. Here's like someone sent me 25 bucks and a couple other people sent 20, 15, Like, I have a list, and I won't forget. Are these
1: mostly people you know?
2: Man, the the greatest one. I met this photographer at Coachella, this guy Sam. And I just walked up to him because he had two cameras. And we were at this party where you couldn't have cell phones. It was called You Had to Be There, Adidas, through through this party. And I walked up to him. I said, hey, man, we can't have our phones, but I want to get a a sick picture of me, my girlfriend, my sister. He was super cool, took these pictures, followed me. We followed each other back. He sent me the pictures. Fast forward a couple weeks he sends me 20 bucks and says, you know, great meeting you. Uh, good luck with your business. And I'm like, that's super solid, dude. I met you for three minutes at Coachella. So what? what is your business? So I do digital marketing, social media, and I've done it for big brands, MLB, MTV, Rock Nation. But now I'm just looking to do it more on a smaller level, but then also on a bigger level, but like on my own. So like I can uh, shoot videos, edit videos, I do photography, but I also can do community building, um, you know, just overall social media aspects that I've learned over the last four to five years. I've kind of just decided to take my experience and go more like freelance contract instead of being in one place, especially with the modeling now. Uh, I'm trying to go to different castings and different um, different roles and whatever else, and I don't have time to sit in an office nine to five ten to six like i used to putting all my creativity and energy into one company or one brand so did this two hundred dollars
1: actually go to a business or did you just go to dinner for your birthday and that supports the business i just <laughs> it just
2: goes into everything that i'm doing i can't tell you exactly where it went it went to my account and we did a bunch of stuff um we went to the game saturday uh this new mexican place the game opened.
1: help your social media
2: <laughs> oh it does oh, i mean i created content there um you're, uh, you're the. I can't believe people are giving you money. People love me. It's okay. People want to see me do well. And the thing is, I said I was like, you people that invested in in me and in my business, you're smart. I won't forget. I literally have a list on my wall of all these people's names, what they contributed, and I said I would. You know, return the favor. You got a
1: list of people on your wall that you can go back to for more money now. These
2: people <laughs> I can't be- Yeah, we'll go back what to the a wall. Waste say of money. Next year next year when I turn thirty two, I'm gonna say hey, the business isn't going so great. We need another uh investment for everyone that invested in twenty nineteen. Here's my Venmo, here's my cash app at Keith
1: McPherson That's it. That's a great look, a 32-year-old man begging for money on Instagram.
2: It worked. Aspiring influencer. It worked. And I look at those people now as the first investors into Keith McPherson brand and they're with me for life. Oh, yikes. I'd get out <laughs> on the ground floor. Um almost
1: as sad as that whole uh exchange. The Diamondbacks swept the Yankees last week. Last time we talked, um we talked about CC Sabathia going up for Three three thousand strikeouts. He went out on Tuesday night and he got it striking out John Ryan or J.R. whatever his name is now Murphy, um, who he was the last catcher for Mariano Vera, and then he was uh CC Sabathia's three thousand strikeout. A lot of people made a big deal of that. I don't think that's really that important, but um, it's good to see CC you know kind of hit that mark. Um, there are guys that. You can look at and if you've watched him play, you know most of their career. Which I think you know we've watched CC. CeCe. CC's our generation of player. Like we we saw him come up in Cleveland. We watched him mature. Um, you know with the Yankees and now as he's getting ready to ride off the sunset as part of your 2019 World Series champion New York Yankees. It's good to see him hit these marks. Um, you know getting. You know he's going to get to 250 wins. He'll hit the 3,000 strikeouts. That kind of takes a a lot of skepticism away from anyone who's like, oh, I don't know if he did. He doesn't have the numbers. He doesn't have 300 wins, which no one has anymore. Um, it helps solidify something that I think anyone who's watched CC play um, you know, already knew, and that CeCe Spathia is a Hall of Fame pitcher.
2: Right. And, I mean, they're going to debate it, and he, he might not be a first-ballot guy, but he's going to have the numbers and the stats. And after he gets a ring this year, it's going to be a no-doubter. Um CeCe is a Hall of Famer. He's going in, and he's going in wearing a Yankee jersey. He's not wearing a Brewer's jersey. He's not wearing an Indian's jersey. He's going in with the pinstripes. So that's our guy. We we saw him in 2009 win it. He came back this year so we could win it in 2019. It would be a great bookend for CeCe. 09 champs, 19 champs, ride right off into the sunset. And, uh, I mean, I loved I loved that JRM was the guy because they showed the clip of him kind of just being confused when Mariano Rivera came out and he just was in that moment like, hey, no one told me this was happening right now. And he, he ends up being that guy. And then he's the, the guy that strikes out for CC3K. So he's got two Yankee moments that will be played on Yes Network and ESPN and 30 for 30s for the next, I don't know, however many years.
1: Fun fact, they wear hats, not jerseys for the Hall of Fame. Watch baseball for me one time, Keith. Dude, I'm, I'm you know kidding. what I mean. I'm kidding. Yeah, they imagine. don't wear
2: anything. They have a bust made right with the with the hat, and uh, it'll be a, a NY logo on his hat. It, no, it pinch, will be.
1: Right? Um, imagine though, he was just like, actually, you know what? That like four months for the Brewers really meant a lot to me. So like, I really want to be a Brewer. <laughs> I
2: mean, they used to. He was to- he was very into brews at one point. He was definitely leading the brew crew. <laughs> There was – a, I think it was Wade Boggs when the
1: uh, – it was either Wade Boggs or I think Jose Canseco also when the Rays were starting up. They both played for them early, mm-hmm. and they had negotiated in their contracts like more money, but you go in the Hall of Fame, you wear a Rays cap, and uh, the league had to like step in on that. The whole debate over like how it's decided, you know – um, does the Hall of Fame decide? Do you get to decide as a player? Because a lot of players would then get, like, kind of kickbacks from the teams, or, you know, they'd get a job, like a no-show job yeah. for a while. And then you've even got, like, Griffey, who's – his hat's backwards. So, you know, there's – seeing Griffey go with the backwards hat has given, like, more flexibility. Some guys have gone in with just a blank cap or uh the – I think maybe Maddox has, like, the uh Major League logo. Mm-hmm. So – the, the hat's always an, an interesting decision, but I agree. CC's going to go in as a Yankee because he spent a majority of his career here, uh, a lot of success here. And I think in the long run, if you have the option between the Indians, the Brewers, and the Yankees, what's going to pay off for you more, you know, in your second career? You go in as a Yankee. Yeah,
2: he's already signed with ESPN. He's going to be in New York on ESPN radio, on ESPN television. He's a Yankee. He's a New Yorker. Well, he's an Oakland guy, but he's – his second home is New York.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so he did go out. He he got three K. Um, you know, gave up two runs in five and a third innings, which I'll take from CC. You know, any start pretty much. But he went up against Zach Zach who just shoved. Uh, he went seven and two thirds innings, giving up a run. You're gonna run into uh, games sometimes that you just can't win. Like you know, the, another pitcher just shows up, throws it down like granky did and uh, you're going to lose that game, so it wasn't really a heartbreaker. However, the next day, a getaway day after a West Coast trip in a two-game series where you had a day off before and you have a day off coming after, tensions were high, and Greg Boone got himself ejected from a game because originally there was a close play at second base uh, that went against the Yankees uh, with a review, um, again, it was one of those. It was a, a double play ball. It was a neighborhood play. Uh, the Yankees say the guy's toe was just off the bag. It. The umpires say it's close enough. He was out. Uh, it goes to replay. It doesn't go our way. Uh, close plays like that. Again, I, I had said last week with the Tyler Wade getting picked off, like you can't get too upset about that. However, later in the game, Tyler Wade comes back in the picture. There's a ball at his feet. He claims he got hit by the pitch. Starts saying to the umpire, I got hit. Let's Boone come out, argue for him. Mm -hmm. Boone, when you have a call go against you early in the game, when it's a Wednesday afternoon game in Arizona, you're getting on a plane, you've got a day off tomorrow, you've been on the West Coast for a week and a half. Aaron Boone is getting thrown out of that game 100 out of 100 times. The problem is, when you look at the replay, that ball didn't come anywhere near Tyler Wade's
2: foot. Like, <laughs> Tyler Wade had to get a talking to after that. Yeah. And I mean, I like seeing Boone get fired up, but you don't really want your manager to get thrown out over stuff like that. But, hey, he's how many times has he been tossed already this year? He's been tossed like three times already. He might as well go I, for I the record. I think that's his... That's his second time being ejected,
1: and I believe six times as Yankees manager. So he had four last year, two this year. It's early to have two this year. It's early. You might as well go for like eight this season. I'll tell you what, with all these injuries, and like there's a lot of frustration that, you know, there are some calls that haven't gone our way. Um, There's a lot of injuries, so frustration builds. Like this is a big ejection year for Boone. Like you, you wouldn't fault him if he got thrown out eight times, especially trying to fire up like younger guys. If he got thrown out in the eighth inning, like almost every game, it'd be fine because he lights a little bit of an extra fire under these guys. They almost came back and won that game, but you know I have. From 2001, I have Arizona PTSD. Like Anytime we have to go there, it's just, I don't like it. It doesn't feel good. Um, Let's just get in there, get out. Yeah, we got swept. Um, That kept us at having not beaten a team that was above 500 on the season uh, because the Diamondbacks were just, you know, they were a better team last week. Uh, But... We turned that into uh, some positives by getting that day off, getting out of there, and uh, getting home to face the Twins where we took two of three from the Twins who are another team that is above 500. So you go from, you know, can this team beat good teams to now we went out there and we beat the Twins, took two of three from them. It was an exciting weekend series. We, uh, we only lost one game, uh, the Saturday game that we lost. I blame mostly the distractions of Star Wars Day and grown men with bobblehead dolls. Uh, it's hard to focus when you've just got a bunch of grown men, uh, you know, collecting figurines. Uh, so I'm campaigning. I think we, we stop uh, Star Wars Day. We just, you know,
0: <laughs> nah.
2: uh,
1: just book us on the road. Put us on the road next
2: No, nah, I mean, Star Wars Day is done around the league pretty much. And it's huge in Yankee Stadium. That's It was a sellout pretty much. Um, I, I'm fine with that. But it sucks when we lose that game because you've got the whole pregame with every Star Wars character walking around the field. You got CeCe out there uh, going viral dressed up as Yoda, the biggest Yoda we've ever seen. And Madness, uh, as everyone's trying to grab a bobblehead and make sure they have one at least to walk out with. I've seen people trying to pull fast ones and get two. You, you can't get that off. Um, How many did you end up with? I have, I have two in my household. I have one that I unboxed that I put on the wall, and then the other one is in the box that my girlfriend got, and we're just going to put that in storage somewhere. Which is the same thing and we did last year with Judge. So I have the Judge bobblehead on my wall, and then one inbox in storage. What like? By storage, do you mean just
1: like in a closet? No, in your like house we have, like a, have like a storage med- unit. I live in like I live in Jersey City.
2: Unit. My apartment isn't that big. You got to have a storage unit when you live in the city. So we have a storage unit, and I just keep like you saw my wall. My wall, I could probably double this wall with other things that I have in storage, or you know, back at home. It's just like. I plan on having a basement full of Yankee stuff, sports memorabilia, things from my travels. So um, I'm keeping those two in the box. I don't know, maybe years from now I'll sell them or something, but I doubt it. I, yeah, I mean, I think bobbleheads are going to go the way of the Beanie Baby. Yeah, I, I, don't think, no one, I don't think there's going to be much, that bubble's uh, gonna burst. much profit for that. It's just literally something cool that, like I said, if you come to my basement in 20 years, it's like, wow, you have uh, every Jedi bobblehead the Yankees made. Like, yeah, I was that guy.
1: <laughs> you said that with some pride there. <laughs> yeah, that's
2: yeah, that's me. Yeah, I'm the bobblehead um, guy. Better than being that what's that so, guy? Zach uh Zach Hample, the baseball guy, the guy that goes to every park yeah. and tries to get every single baseball he can. Like he has a YouTube channel off that and people actually show him respect. I'm like, this guy's stealing hey, from kids. He's written one of, he wrote one of the best baseball books I've ever read. Uh, I never met him. I just think he's a nerd th- for th- Chasing foul balls no, and showing I, I, up to batting practice to steal from kids. I haven't met him.
1: I think it's weird. I mean, I think if you look at his internet search history, you're probably going to find some weird shit on there. <laughs> um, and he's not like some, like his dad was, his dad's like a famous author. So mm. like he comes from money. That's why he right, can So just, he's hooked up. You know, travel and do that. Yeah. But um, he wrote a couple books. One book was called Watching Baseball Smarter. Uh, it's a quick, like, short read. I'm not a, a – you know, you check my Twitter profile. I'm retired from reading. But uh, if you uh, are looking to learn more about just, like, the game of baseball in general – I'm not talking to you, Keith, I'm talking I to, say, to our I'm listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I'm talking to our listeners. Um, I, I think it's an interesting perspective on the game. It's a quick read. Uh, I read it back in college. Uh, but so the Yankees take two of three. In the last 18 Yankees-Twin series in New York since 2002, the Yankees are 15-2-1 and one with an overall 43-13 record. Uh, if we only played the Twins at home, uh, we would win 126 games a year. So that's a thing when you come into a series like this where it's like, oh, well, you know, the Twins are good. You know, they, they got off to a hot start. I don't give a fuck who the Twins have on their team any year. The Twins come to New York. There is no worry at all about that series. Two out of three is like the minimum because the Twins just, they see the Empire State Building and they just piss down their like.
2: Yeah, and Minnesota is not supposed to come to New York and dominate New York in any facet of anything, maybe basketball. But I think I said in the uh, Instagram story or something I was recording, I'm like, these are the Twins. We're supposed to sweep them. They're supposed to lose to us. They're used to it. And that game Saturday, we were just, I don't know, we were struggling. Gary hit one, but other than that, Uh, We just just didn't have it, and I think it was a distraction of Star Wars Day. It's like everything is Star Wars, bum, 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 or however the song goes, and all of that, like pageantry for that, and then it's like, okay, now play baseball. Wait, are you not a big Star Wars fan? I used to be, um... It's bum, 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 bum. (laughs) Yeah, there it is. But I I, kind of grew out of actually like the the Star Wars franchise since Disney's taken it over. But I was more into like Episode 1, Phantom Menace, Episode 2, I don't know, Revenge of the... No, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. I was into it around that time. And I've obviously seen the original... Uh, ones that started from, like, 78 on. Um, I think I have the DVDs in storage somewhere, but I'm not a, I'm not a Star Wars nerd, but I know it. I know Michael K. says he's never seen a minute of Star Wars, and I'm like, how? You're old. You you were, like, alive I, I, when it was first in theaters. I haven't seen Star Wars. I haven't seen any of them. You haven't seen any of the Star Wars? Not one movie? No. Why? Nope. Just because?
1: Uh, I'm just not really, like, that. that into it. Like, alien stuff doesn't do it for me. Like, I haven't seen any of like the avengers like the the marvel um, completely different universe.
2: <laughs> completely different
1: no no so there's just like they end up like they're fighting
2: like aliens for some reason just like alien stuff doesn't do it for me i mean it's not all aliens Space. like the jedis are human they well they look, they're not humans but they look like humans and they have lightsabers and pods and ships it's not all aliens
1: yeah like it just in general like i was never really like a big sci-fi guy so yeah so Um, so I just never got into it so I don't like hate Star Wars I'm not one of those people like um like oh Star Wars is terrible and they're like no I'm sure they're great movies like the Avengers movies I haven't seen those I'm sure they're great I feel like I've really missed out by not doing but now it's like I'd have to watch 21 movies to catch up and so we're talking that's a lot of time 60 70 hours Yeah, yeah it's just like it's so tough to to do that. Like, my wife went and saw Avengers by herself because she's seen all the movies. But
2: you like Game of Thrones? You watch Game of Thrones? Because I just binged that.
1: So it took me I like mean, there's six no aliens weeks. in Game of Thrones. But there kind of is. Like, what are the White so Walkers? And- I didn't I didn't start watching Game of Thrones until it was right before this season. Oh, so I just okay. binge watched so yeah, it. I tried
2: to do it that last po- year, too, and I got stuck at, like, season four or five.
1: Yeah, it hit a point where it was like, So big that like you have to watch it or Or you miss all the jokes on the internet.
2: You can't exist on the internet without knowing who Tyrion Lannister is or Bran or Arya. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like I got caught up in that. And I even like gave I gave that a shot and was like, we'll see how this goes and then I ended up running with it. But Yeah, Star Wars, I just never did that. Um, Like Avengers, I never did that. Game of Thrones night is uh,
2: May 17th. I think this is the first year the Yankees are doing a Game of Thrones night. I don't really care for it, but they're giving out a Game of Thrones Yankees. They're giving
1: out 10,000 shirts. Yeah,
2: and I mean, that's that's definitely going to be a draw. It's a Friday night. There's going to be a bunch of people there for that. It's weird that it's only 10,000.
1: I think they gave out like 40,000 bobbleheads, and I think bobbleheads cost more to make than T-shirts. Yeah. So it's like it's weird. I would think they'd give out 40,000 t-shirts. I don't know.
2: I I think those numbers are always a lie. I always think those numbers are like that's marketing <laughs> and, and propaganda. 40,000 bobbleheads. There's like 50,000 seats in Yankee Stadium. No. Nah, I don't I think there's like 20,000 bobbleheads and then the rest of you are beat maybe or I could
1: see them saying like 10,000 shirts cuz it's a Game of Thrones shirt so people get in the stadium early it's it really 800 in the stadium. <laughs> And no, but even no, but there's really like forty thousand T-shirts. Like everyone's going to get a shirt. We just want to get you in the stadium early to start spending money. And they're like size extra the, large shirts. Yeah, which you know fits some of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in that Yankee series, we did. Um, we we had some things happen. Uh, one, Domingo Herman. Yeah, has continued to show a level of dominance that. Nobody expected. I don't think anyone said, oh, Sevy's going down. It's going to be all right. We've got Mingo. Yeah. But right now, uh, and oh, man, this is Sabermetrics nerds. You're going to want to earmuff this. Domingo Herman leads the AL with six wins. He's tied for first place. Uh, what a good stat. Opponent batting average, he ranks first. Uh, opponent on base percentage, ranks first. Opponent slugging, ranks first. Uh, he gives up 5.17 hits per nine innings. That's uh, second in the league. He's tied for third with a .89 whip. And his ERA is a uh, which ranks fourth in the league. He's putting together, and it's very early in the season. Um, I'm always skeptical when a guy kind of he's been around, uh, you know, he I, I do believe players can show improvement over year over year. For him to go from, you know, what he's been in the past to right now he's an a Cy Young candidate. Being a Cy Young candidate in May means absolutely nothing. It's not only been impressive to see the adjustments he's made, but he's really, like, he's the difference on this team right now. Because if he went out there and did what he normally does, you know, for his career, we're not above 500.
2: Remember when we used to talk about him and, like, Luis Sessa and, like, the same type of – like category, it's crazy because when you talk about the, the term um, like ace in a hole or ace in your back pocket, like this is what Mingo has been for us. We have an ace in our back pocket. And I was not expecting this. I know most Yankee fans were not expecting it. We, we've seen him pitch, but he has, I don't know, gotten a control and, and just found his spot where he looks confident and he's throwing some dirty stuff. And I hope it can keep going because we literally needed it. Um, this whole rotation has stepped up when we, we needed him to step up. And Mingo, if if he keeps it going, he should be in the all-star game. If he keeps it going, I don't know if he's going to have a Cy Young year, but I'll take a a solid first half like this. I I think he keeps it going. I think we keep winning behind him. And people are taking notice, not just in New York, not just Yankee fans, in the whole league. It's like, okay, the Yankees are losing all these players. What is keeping them afloat? Domingo Herman gets a lot of credit for helping keep the Yankees afloat.
1: I think a big thing I've noticed for him is he's he's putting uh, guys away with his breaking ball, uh, which he he's always tried yeah. to do, but he's throwing it. He's gotten comfortable throwing it in and outside the zone. So, you know, he's throwing it where it's just below the strike zone. It look you know, he's getting a lot of swing and misses on that. But then he's also built the confidence by he'll go inside on a guy with a fastball. He'll throw that breaking ball away and it throws them off. But then also, sometimes he'll throw that breaking ball high in the zone mm-hmm. where they think it's just a pitch that got away from him. And now he's catching them with a high curve ball that still has a lot of break on it. So it's not a hanger. Um, and he's getting guys looking, which is something that, you know, normally that pitch, he leaves it kind of flat. It's really just a spinner and, it, you know, it's in the bullpen. And I remember him uh, when we traded for him, he was just a throw in uh, with the trade from Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, with and, Starlin,
2: you know, uh, no, no, with Giancarlo. It was, uh,
1: no, it was when we traded for. Oh, um, uh, it was a jerk off of pitches for the Red Sox right now. It's six thirty in the Nate morning. Ivaldi?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He was in the Avaldi deal, and it was Ivaldi had the hardest average fastball in the league at you know at that time, and it was said like, oh yeah, and they got this guy Domingo Herman. He's young. he was in like single A, maybe double A. And he throws really hard, too. Uh, And it was just a throw-in. Yeah. For everyone in every story, it was just a throw-in. And that's, again, a credit to Brian Cashman for getting this guy as a throw-in who's now serving as our ace.
2: Yeah, I don't really remember when we got him. I, I kind of remember the Evaldi deal because um, he's bounced around a little bit. But with Mingo, it's like we we got to get credit for developing him. The difference with him this year is, is his command and he's battling and – you know, he's not letting, uh, you know, a bunch of guys get on base and then it all falls down. It's like he's getting out of jams. He's got command of his stuff. And I think he's taken on uh, the challenge of like, OK, Seve went down. This is my time to shine. And similar to a lot of the guys on this team, that chip on their shoulder is what's getting them to perform better and step up and show that, yo, I'm a major league guy. I belong here, too. I belong in the show. And I'm going to battle and I'm going to compete and try and keep this job for as long as I potentially could have it. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, we'll talk
1: injuries later, but like we've got Seve looking to come back. We've got um, Jordan Montgomery looking to come back. And this is another guy who kind of like Gio Urshela, who's not necessarily worried about what's going to happen to me when these guys come back. I'm just out here to play right now. Like you're giving me the opportunity to put on the pinstripes to step on that field. I'm going to go make the most of it. And another guy who's making the most of it is Tommy Canely, Tommy Canely, was another guy who for some people was viewed as a throw-in with the trade to get David Robertson uh, out of Chicago. Really, Tommy Canely was an added bonus because he's a hard-throwing guy, came in in 2017, pitched really well for us, uh, shit down his leg last year. But now he is the only Yankee in history uh, who have 11 consecutive appearances without allowing a hit or a run. And when you think about our bullpen coming into this season, yeah, Tommy Canley's out there, but you're really thinking about Chapman. You're thinking about Betances. You're thinking about Zach Britton. You're thinking about Adavino, because uh, you know Adovino just kind of got signed, and and you know it's a little bit of a splash. But Tommy Canley, you know, could have just disappeared. You know, he could have kept you know the performances he had last year. But he's another guy who's just stepped up and really been an anchor for a bullpen that has struggled early in the season.
2: Yeah, he's been lights out, and uh, in spring training we were hearing stories about him drinking a hundred Red Bulls. Not not anyone <laughs> yeah. talking about his pitching. Like they were worrying about his Red Bull intake and what he was weighing and his his health. And he's been like literally like when I see him coming out. It's not Mariano Rivera-like, but it's like, oh, yeah, like, you know, and lately we know what, we know what we're going to get from him. And uh, with Chad Green being sent down, maybe that made him kind of like nut up and just, you know, just realize, like, hey, I got to come in and hold it down. We're not in a position for, you know, us to be in a tight game and me to be the guy that gives it up. Um, I think he's also a Jersey guy. Um, can't think of where he's from, but I, I love I love seeing it. And I remember when that trade went down. People were definitely sleeping on that. And I'm like, no, this, this Canley guy's got some stuff. He could be good for us when he's right. And he's been right as of late. Yeah, it's exactly what you said. Uh, and Tommy Canley
1: is he's an Albany guy. Okay, so he's uh, Although from New it York. does. Tommy Canley. Tommy Canley does sound like a Jersey name, though. Tommy like, Canley. Oh, Tommy Yeah, Canely. You know him. Yeah. To,
2: Tommy, he pitches.
1: Yeah, he um But yeah, no, it's exactly what you said. It's like he's He's been a nut up player. Like, you know, I've been talking about every week who wants to put their nuts on the table? Who wants to be a fucking Major League Baseball player today? Yeah. And Tommy Canley has done the last 11 days that they've said to him, hey, you want to be a Major League Baseball player today? He said, fuck, yeah. yeah. And he's just gone out there and done his thing. Um, And unfortunately, uh, while we we do have some of those uh, pluses uh, and, and we had some other. Great things. I mean, DJ LeMay, who came back, he hit 417 over the three games he played this week. Gio Urshela with the hand injury, we were worried about, he still played six games, 357. And that's, you know, with, uh, Miggy coming back, which we'll talk about, Mm -hmm. uh, Glaber keeps, keeps going. 316 this week, a couple RBIs. Gary Sanchez has had enough of everyone talking about his defense, his hustle and things like that. Uh, 333, three home runs this week. The guy's tied for the lead in home runs in the league, and he's played, like, four games the whole year. Um, and then really, I think for me, like, the most shocking is Cameron Maben is batting over 300, um, <laughs> robbing home runs, uh, you know, and, you know, really just contributing to this team, like, all around. He gets a walk. You know, he had four walks this week. Yeah. And that's a guy, you know, he, he hasn't traditionally been a great, hitter he hasn't been terrible but he hasn't been great and if you can get on base with those walks fuck it i'll take it cameron may be you know resurrecting his career with this opportunity with the yankees because he's doing it at the plate um he's bringing some veteran experience he's doing it in the field when everyone comes back i don't think he's in our plans but he could be in someone else's plans for sure and i i look at
2: cameron Maben excuse me, I look at Cameron Mabin as a guy that's just seizing the opportunity. I think he loves being a Yankee right now. He loves being in New York. And when you look at, you know, he kind of bounced around from teams. He was with the Indians. Um, he was with the Astros. I don't know what year he was with the Astros. I don't think it was the year they won it. He won the World Series. He, no, he was he won there the year they with won it. The Astros. So he could have yeah. probably stayed there. And he probably looked at a situation in Houston like, wow, I'm with a bunch of great players. Like, you know, I should, I should try and stay with these guys. DUIs, other things happen. Uh, He went on his way, but, you know, God is amazing. You land uh, on this Yankees club in the replace for 28 crew. He's robbing home runs. He's giving us good at bats. I know he's got to be thinking, how did I end up here? I'm going to make the most out of it, whether I'm here for the long run or this is just a brief couple months. I I love to see it Um, a black guy on the Yankees contributing. We ain't got that many black guys playing out there, so got to shout out a brother on the team. Yeah, shout to all the brothers on the team.
1: I'll see you guys at the cookout. <laughs> There's
2: like two, CeCe, Cameron Maven, uh, Hicks is hurt. Everybody else so, is some kind of Dominican or Cuban.
1: So we did have a um, – there were a lot of positives this week. We did, however, lose James Pax into an injury. Yeah, uh, Ended up coming out of the game uh, right as we're getting, you know, Miggy back, we think, you know, everything's starting to turn around. You know, everything's got to be good here. This is it. We're about to dominate the league. Um, after three innings, uh, the other night, uh, packs, or on Saturday, Paxson kind of comes up limp. Uh, it's a, a knee injury. Uh, when asked about it, he said, it's been nagging me enough that I can't execute my pitches. Um, luckily, and I think there's a lot of pressure on the Yankees because of all the injuries uh, and the way – You know, fandom is now where we've all got Twitters. Everyone can complain. Uh, Timelines are something that we're really harping a lot on, and this was an opportunity where the you know they just came out and said, "Listen, he he's had a knee injury. He's been gutting through it, Uh, and I think that wins a lot of favor with the fans rather than some of the stuff like Seve, where it's like, oh, he had an injury and then." They, when we think he's coming back, it's like, oh, well, it went from his lat to now his shoulder's bothering him. Or the same thing with Stanton it was a bicep, now it's a shoulder. Like, why aren't you catching both of these at the same time? This is a case where Paxton was just out there, you know, really trying to contribute. He struggled at the beginning of the year, kind of reinvented himself from tipping pitches thanks to Carlos Beltran, and uh, was really contributing in a great way to this team and being a a leader on the mound. Uh, And now, the timeline we're hearing is about three weeks yeah. for him to be out, um, and it happened Saturday. You were there. Was there any kind of like reaction, uh, you know, throughout the stadium? Uh, I wonder with it being like Star Wars Day, how many people are paying uh, um, Paxton, attention Paxton to the pitch game?
2: Friday uh, hat pitch Saturday oh, that was a Friday. Yeah, oh, it was quick yeah, Friday, a, and then. It's it's crazy. You can't remember I can't remember the games myself. Um Hat pitch Saturday, Paxton pitch Friday. Who came in to replace Paxton? Sessa? Yeah, I believe so. Either way with Paxton, the big maple, we kinda knew when we signed him that you know, he's good when he's right, but when he's hurt or he's injured, like it was kinda similar to Tulo. People were kinda waiting for him to get hurt. You know, it's it's a good signing unless he can't play if he's not healthy. The tipping pitches thing we didn't see coming. We got that fixed. He started shoving. Um, it's just right in line with what we've dealt with all season. It's just the next one to fall. Um, it's at this point we're like desensitized to it because everyone's hurt. So it's just like, okay, what's next? We we're kind of an- anticipating someone to get hurt. We were hoping this rotation stayed healthy. You know, we've been figuring it out, replacing players uh, in the infield, in the outfield, but we were hoping that the rotation stayed intact. So we lose Paxton 3 weeks we'll get him back but i've already built up this optimism that hey we can lose whoever and we're going to replace we can lose somebody and they're just going to get um 3 weeks off and come back and join a stronger team um you know next man up is literally the mentality the slogan the moniker because someone goes down every week now i was surprised that we got geo and uh and DJ back after they got hurt last without, week. I was like, Yeah, without going to the Yeah, DL. I was like, Man, there's nobody else. There's literally nobody else. Who are we looking for um after them? They were able to go well, again. Paxton dropping sucks, but we'll we'll figure it out. We'll manage.
1: Yeah, and they put him on the D L on Saturday. That's what uh that's what confused me at uh six thirty in the morning. But I think what, what you said is actually really interesting with like Gio and DJ. We were in a situation where we have no more position players on the 40 man that aren't on the 25 man or on the IL. Yeah. So then it's like then you've got to get people off the 40 man. You know, we already moved uh, Seve to the 60 day uh, IL so that we could make room when we got Cameron Mabin. So we're making a lot of these moves, but we are literally out of players. Like, there are no more players that are available to us without it really having to shake up um, the 40-man roster, which has long-term impact. So one thing that I did want to talk about is, with a pass injury, and we've got Sevi now out till at least the All-Star game, uh, we don't have any updates on Jordan Montgomery. It's still like, you know, it should be the second half, but we haven't really heard anything about a throwing program or any real updates, it has been discussed this week that um, Dallas Keuchel, who's still sitting at home, would be open to coming to the New York Yankees You know, if the deal made sense for him. John Heyman uh, was on uh, the radio in New York, and he said, um, I do think the Yankees are a team that once the draft pick is gone, and I'm speculating on some degree here, but not completely, the Yankees are a team that would be interested in Keuchel if they did not have to give up that 38th overall pick, the Yankees like their picks. They've done great with their picks. The end of that does very much sound like Donald Trump talking. But <laughs> apparently, Daleks Keuchel seems flexible in terms of years. He's okay with a one-year deal if it's about the qualifying offer that he turned down, which was uh, $17.9 million. But I could see the Yankees, you know, once the draft is over – just picking up the phone and saying, Hey, Keiko, like you're out there, how's your throwing program been? We got some money for you for a half a season. You know, why don't you come out and uh, you know, give this a shot, especially if we're in contention? Yeah, uh, and most importantly
2: to me, we'd make him shave his beard. And I love
1: when the Yankees make players shave their beards, <laughs> he would definitely
2: look weird without a beard. He's a full beard guy. Um, the thing about Keichel to me is that we've been talking about this for a couple months now. We were looking at him when we were looking at Geo, and we opted to go with Geo and not him. And Geo is already gone with the wind. He's back in Milwaukee. With um, with with Dallas Keichel, man, we'd be. Ta- where's he gonna sign? Is he gonna most likely sign this year back with the Astros? Let's take him away from the Astros. That I every well, that's the other thing. Yeah, it's like defense playing defense by signing. Exactly, for I see no reason not to. Um, I understand the picks. I understand the timing of everything. But if he's there and we need another starter, and this is a guy who's pitched well in Yankee Stadium, has postseason experience, it's a no-brainer. It's a simple move to make. We can afford it. Yeah, I mean, I think as soon as the draft
1: is done, which is in uh, in June. Um, Dallas Keichel, Craig Kimbrell, those guys are going to start to really get phone calls because like you've made it this far. Why give up a draft pick if you're kind of treading water without him? And I think this is an opportunity where it didn't work with Manny Machado and there's been some free agents that, you know, it, it hasn't worked with recently of just the like, well, you get to be a Yankee. But This is a chance where we can go in and, you know, by the time this happens, we could be in first place. We could still be right behind in second place. But we'll have, by that point, we'll have Stanton back. We'll have Judge back. So you're really seeing the Voltron come together. And part of that pitch is, hey, do you just want to be the extra piece here and maybe go win another World Series and still make a lot of money while doing it? Because we're not asking you to take a league minimum deal. We're already past the threshold for the luxury tax, like now that we've reset it.
2: So let's throw a little money out there and and you know go out there and fucking win. When we talk about chips on guys shoulders, Dallas Keuchel has to have a chip on his shoulder that the Astros are playing without him. They opted to not re-sign him, not give him a new deal. So we can kind of pitch it to him like, "Hey, you know we're going to see the Astros at some point. Come a be come and be yeah. a part of this championship run. Take that chip. <clears throat> take that chip on your shoulder and and beat the Astros with us." I like yeah. the sound of it. Yeah.
1: I like it. I'm optimistic about Paxton coming back in three weeks uh, because if it's just like, you know, his knees just bother him. The MRI is fine. I think they give him a cortisone shot. You give him some rest. Hopefully he's good to uh, come back without any rehab. But we also recently got back uh, two big pieces. We got back Miguel Andujar. Uh, He came back this weekend. He struggled. Uh, I think there's still a little bit of rust that you have to work off, even though he did play some extended spring training games. He played some single A games. Uh, defensively, uh, we he got so much credit all spring training for <laughs> how much better he was yeah. defensively. We were calling like Gold Glove Miggy out there.
2: Um, that hype and, video they put together of him just fielding ground balls and throwing them the first. It's like I don't know, try, trying to make all the fans see that he's working on it and feel like he's improved. And it's tough for him right now with Geo, man. It's tough,
1: and to come in and have two errors right away, yeah. really just throw one into right field, it's uh, it's tough. I, I will say though, with Gio, if we can find a way to keep him around, and it's going to be tough as more guys come back, and so we have that as an option. We have you know some of that defense if we can give Miggy some uh, DH days, I'm fine with it. But like I, st- I want Miguel and Duhar's bat in the lineup. Over, I mean Gio Rochella has been great, but I want. Miguel and duhar you know every time over him in that lineup
2: absolutely and I mean he he's still working his way back but we saw him go on a tear last year I believe that when it gets a little bit warmer and he's been back for enough games he's gonna go on a tear where he's hitting doubles every day and we need that we can't we can't miss that so I'm cool with him DHing. um hopefully geo stays hot with his bat there's already a you can make a 60 second highlight reel of this guy at third. He's catching foul balls. He's barehanding the ball, throwing it to first. Like, he's sick. Defensively, it's just a perfect storm. As many people hate on Andujar's defense, here comes Gio Urshela looking like Manny Machado at third, looking, at, looking like Arenado at third with the highlights. And we, it's tough. You can't take that guy defensively off third base. I, I don't think it's, uh, it's tough because Miggy is a rookie of the year runner up. But when you see a guy like Gio, working hard, playing third like he is. People are already on Twitter bashing uh, any decision to move him off a third for Miguel Andujar in the near future. And I feel like we will we will see Miggy play third one game, and as soon as the lineup comes out, everyone's going to say, oh, where's Gio?
1: Well, it's tough, too, because,
2: you know, we're recording
1: this on Tuesday on Monday night. We beat the Mariners 7-3, and Gio has an RBI. He's got two hits. You know, the guy, he's still – he's going out there and playing. You give yeah. him the opportunity because – you know it's also tough. You you see a guy come back and take the spot that you've, you know, been earning and uh it's very easy to get discouraged, but once he gets the chance again, he's out there and you know and he's performing. What
2: I will say, <clears throat> this is the Yankees. Mickey has given us one year. It wasn't a World Series year. He's still a young guy, too. Yeah. And we're going to treat regress. Yeah, we're going to treat him like a young guy like, "Hey, you got to get better. Your bat is amazing in this lineup, but" We need guys that want to be ball players all the way around. And if this guy is playing better at third base defensively, we can't have you there as a liability. You're going to DH, and you still have more to prove. Was last year a fluke when no one really knew who you were? There wasn't too much film on you. The book wasn't really out on you. Show us again that it wasn't a fluke. I don't think it's a fluke because we've seen him for the last few years. But what I'm saying is that he's a young guy, and he's, he's not going to get any special treatment. So
1: we also got Clint Frazier back. Um, he hasn't really done anything that special in the the one game that he was back already. He went over four and got defensively replaced by Cameron Mabin. But, and I don't know this. I'm not a uh, I'm not a sneakerhead. Um, you know more about this than I do. Uh, I guess his uh, cleats were were very yeah. special.
2: So shout out to all the sneakerheads out there, the people that understand what Clint Frazier is doing. We've never seen this done before. Clint Frazier is literally taking some of the hottest shoes to come out, some of the most rare shoes we've seen, and he's getting spikes put on them to play baseball in them. It's swag champ level only. It's the hottest shit I've seen on a baseball diamond, cleats, spikes-wise. The Cactus Jack ones are Travis Scott's Air Jordan one. He takes the... Nike swoosh and flips it the other way. They're, you see them right away, and you know that they're Air Jordan ones, but they're completely different than any other Air Jordan one you've seen. They're retailing for like eight hundred. I think they they drop globally this week, or the, you know. So that's another thing. He's wearing them on the field before anyone can even buy them. There's just levels to this shit, man. Clint Frazier, I hope he gets back to hitting bombs. But even without the bombs, he's stepping on the baseball diamond, putting spikes. On shoes that sneakerheads are lining up for Jordans that people are gonna get in the fist fights over if they don't get their their shoes. Clint Frazier is stepping into the batter's box with them. I just think it's a it's an all-time level of swag and just a move by a guy like Clint Frazier that nobody else can do. Yeah. Um I've been like again, I don't know
1: a ton about sneakers or like sneaker culture, but everything I've seen him wearing.
2: It's like it's super impressive. Yeah, all heat. Like when I say heat, like all hot shit. So he's got the Fear of God Nikes. He's got Jordans, but it's not just regular Jordans. He's wearing the like designer Jordans. Jordans. He's wearing the rarest Jordans. That like these are shoes when you go into Flight Club. They're wrapped up. They're almost a thousand dollar shoes. He's just throwing spikes on the bottom, which most sneakerheads would be watching baseball probably in disgust they be watching Clint Frazier step into the box with these Travis Scott, Cactus Jack, Air Jordan 1s being like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? But I think it's super cool because he's, he's a baller, man. He can afford to buy multiple pairs and just take one pair and put spikes on them just to flex. And I love guys that do stuff just to flex. Plus, you got to remember, I think he signed with
1: Nike. So like he's not paying for these. Right. That's
2: too. He might you not know, like, he might not be coming out of pocket like, for him. He's just getting them mail to his crib and he's like sending them to the guy that puts spikes on him. Yeah, I mean he's a early
1: 20s millionaire. Has been a millionaire since he's 18. He can afford these shoes probably no problem at all. He's coming into his earning potential like very soon in terms of getting the arbitration, getting better endorsement deals and I know it's a thing in, like, sneakerhead culture. Like, even if he's got these as cleats, he's probably got another pair at home.
2: Right. You know, still in the box. He's he's definitely got multiple. It is a big flex. If he does it, it's just a a huge flex to say these shoes aren't released yet. They come out in a week or whatever. I'm going to step on the diamond with them, put spikes on them, run through the grass and dirt with them, and chuck them into my locker. And (laughs) people are online trying to figure out – where to get them, where they release, how to get them, and people have been talking about these Travis Scott Air Jordan ones for months.
1: I want, I want to get him out there in some Benny the Jet Rodriguez PF flyers. <laughs> he might do. Like, it. Let's like, he, like, like he, he literally out. might be down for whatever. He might as well just like keep doing it because he's keeping it interesting. He's doing you know rare shoes. Um, I like it because he's a guy who's got a lot of personality and he got a lot of shit early on because. Really just because he's got red hair and he's kind of outspoken, so he got a lot of attention. And he had to, and I think it makes sense to dial that back, and he's done that. But now he's finding a new, you know, kind of better way to, uh, you know, to show some of his personality.
2: And I think baseball needs this. It's so, like, Travis Scott is a rapper, so that's one element of it. I knew that. It's a a rapper Air Jordan shoe. But then it's also taken the high fashion – you know, the fashion world and putting them on the baseball diamond. And it's just combining worlds and clashing worlds that don't usually collide. Don't. I can't even talk. Combining and uh, making worlds clash that don't usually clash. And I think it's awesome because now these sneaker blogs and these hip hop blogs are talking about the Yankees, Clint Frazier, stepping out there with the Cactus Jack ones. That's not something that anyone expected when he was signing a deal, when well, Travis Scott was signing a deal with Nike and Jordan to make sneakers. We were thinking maybe we see, like, P.J. Tucker step out there for the uh, Rockets with them on the basketball court, but we were not expecting any baseball players to put spikes on him like this, and he's doing it every night. Does – is Travis Scott – does he bang one of the uh, yeah, Kardashians? He's, uh, supposed okay. to be – he's got a kid with Kylie Jenner. He's supposed to be getting married to Kylie Jenner. Um He's lit, man. Aren't for, we all? For, I mean, like, the thing is, Jordan, they work with people like DJ Khaled. Uh, they have some other sneakers with different designers. It's just dope to see a rapper get his own Jordans that look like this, and then it's just the next level of dopeness to see a guy like Clint Frazier put spikes on him and play in him. I love it. I love having Clint back, I think.
1: He's going to, you know, it's one game, so he'll, uh, he'll work things out. He'll be good to go and ready to rip for the rest of the season. Other injury updates before we go around the league. Clint Freight, uh, sorry, Aaron Hicks has completed extended spring training. Uh, he's playing games for single-A Tampa. Uh, Tulowitzki was supposed to come back with uh, and Duhar, but he's ended up uh, restraining his calf. We don't know if it's he restrained his calf or it's a new strain. They're not giving a lot of information, so he's, again, shut down for a week. He was very close to coming back. So you got at a certain point, again, say this could be the end of the road for him. Um uh, Stanton is doing batting practice this week. He might have to do a quick uh, rehab stint uh, and could be back, I have heard, as early as this weekend. Uh, maybe we're looking at next week. Uh, Betances has started a throwing program. Uh, he'll, he's still looking at a June return. Um, Judge, there's no updates on him. Uh, he's not doing baseball activities, but he is working out. He's feeling better every day, I think, with uh, something like an oblique injury. To give an update of, you know, a timeline is tough because at any day, whether it's lifting, running, twisting, he could restrain that. So I think they're playing that close to the chest. But I'd like to see him back before the end of the month. Um, uh, Sevy, as we said, he's going to be out. Uh, Brian Cashman has said and Aaron Boone has said past the All-Star break. Uh, it stinks. But I think we've all known that mm-hmm. kind of all along we've said that. Uh, and it's it's to a certain extent, it's kind of good to just hear it. Like just tell us that now we won't in our heads start to think about June or anything like that. Yeah. We'll keep it moving, uh, and then lastly, Didi Gregorius is set to start DHing in uh, either extended spring training games around March around May twentieth. So he's doing his throwing program. He's put out some stuff on Instagram of him throwing, arm looking strong. He's completing his you know his program there. They'll likely start him DHing in some games, and he'll you know do some infield before, but they won't throw him into game action probably until June. Uh, but by then, once he starts that rehab thing, that starts the clock of a month. So you know we might be looking at a late June return for Didi Gregorius, which really solidifies our infield, uh, does a lot for our lineup and, you know, offers a lot of protection because DD can hit anywhere from one through nine in the lineup and be productive.
2: Yeah, I love it, man. I, I think this replace for 28 chess game has turned into Tetris. These guys are coming in hot one by one and we just got to move things around and find a place for them. The timing, you know, I feel like the Yankees play with the media. They play with the fans. They're never going to give you, a, you know, an exact date. And even if they do, it could be sooner. It could be later. But I, I feel like uh, in Cashman, we trust. They're moving things around. They know what the timetables are. Um, they know who's going to be here, who's not going to be here. So it, it's good. Here, here's a question for you. What, what do you think Greg Bird's uh, rehab includes besides just give me whatever Luke Voigt is eating, and I'm going to lift whatever he lifts because that guy has completely come in and taken my job, and it's it's getting worse by the week. Uh, his his streak ended, and he comes right back yesterday with a bomb early. I, I'm sold on Luke Voigt. I don't need to hear or see yeah. anything else. And then all we're hearing from Greg Bird is uh, he's you know he's even saying, like what's the point of a
1: timetable? So it kind of seems like he's given up a little bit. Uh, he's been sitting in the dugout.
2: Out. We've seen him the last couple games, I think, in the dugout. He seems, he yeah. seems fine. He's got a little bit of a smile smirk on he's his face. He's still getting paid. <laughs> I mean, hey, you're
1: getting $1.2 million. Yeah. You still can't be too pissed off. And we're winning. And really all he's doing is he's progressed to walking on a treadmill. So like, he's not running. He's not close to running or baseball activities. I mean, it's Luke Voigt's spot, uh, and, you know, Greg Bird's getting paid, so he's still got to show up to work. But, uh, you know, I I think unless, and I really hope it doesn't happen, unless there's like an injury to Voigt and Bird happens to be healthy at the same time, I think we've seen the end of Greg Bird. I'm fine with that. So let's let's whip it around the league. Uh, Luckily, I mean, we've had so much Yankees to talk about this week. But uh, the 2018 uh, World Series champion Boston Red Sox are uh, later this week going to the White House to uh, meet with Donald Trump as, you know, champions are uh, invited to do. Unless you're the Warriors and you say you're not going to go, then you're not invited once you say you're not going to go because we've got to have this pissing match about uh, things out of the White House. But uh, Alex Cora has said that he will not be attending uh, because of the way we have handled the hurricanes in Puerto Rico. Uh, Cora has said, Puerto Rico is very important to me. Unfortunately, we're still struggling, still fighting. Some people still lack basic necessities. Others remain without electricity. Many homes and schools are in pretty bad shape almost a year and a half after Hurricane Maria struck. Even though uh, the United States government has helped, there's still a long road ahead, and that is our reality. Um, on top of him, there are a few other players who aren't going I believe Mookie Betts uh, won't be going. Uh, Xander Bogarts is not going. Um, I think David Price is not going. So we're in a um, an, an interesting spot here because uh, it's happened around uh, sports. Really, there's been some teams who've said we're not going. Other teams who do go sometimes. There are certain players who don't go. But uh, now it's really you know it, it's you know front and center in baseball uh, with. Um, Alex Cora being a prominent Puerto Rican uh, player in the history of the game and manager uh, now of the World Series champions, uh, I think it's kind of big news to say, hey, listen, I'm not going to do this, um, you know, regardless of, you know, whether, whether it's right, it's wrong, everyone has their opinions. Uh, I, I think it's big news when the manager says he's not going because normally even with players saying they're not going, management goes because it's just, you know, part of, you know playing politics and Alex Gordon's is not having that shit.
2: Well the Red Sox suck. So they do not really, That you is know, actually <laughs> a fun fact. That's the first thing I'm going to say is they suck right now. So them not choosing to go to the White House the White House is probably like, "Okay, you guys are trash. Don't pull up anyway." But I look at it like this. The the whole Champions trip to the White House has become a joke. The Baylor women's basketball team was just there and they pulled the whole McDonald's, Wendy's fast food trick again which was, it was cool when it went viral for Clemson, but I, I would look at it as an insult. I don't think would, they would be serving the Red Sox fast food, but they kind of are doing it for the NCAA champions where it's like, they, they made a mockery of this trip to the White House. At one point in time, it was a badge of honor. At one point in time, it was looked at as some of these players' only opportunity to go inside of the White House. Now, these players don't care. Uh, guys like David Price are even adding fuel to the fire. I saw that um, Steve Buckley, Buck in Boston on Twitter, tweeted that uh, he said, Alex Cora has confirmed newspaper report that he will not make the trip to meet the president. So basically, it's the White Sox who will be going. Red Sox joke, White Sox (laughs) joke. And then David Price said, I feel like more than 38,000 people should see this tweet. And He just quote tweeted it and just added more to it yesterday. And I'm fine with it. I'm a Yankee fan. If the Yankees win or when the Yankees uh, win the World Series uh, this season and Luke Voigt is the only guy that's super pumped about going to the White House, that's fine. It doesn't matter anymore. It's They've made a joke out of it. It's not really that big of a thing. I think the um, – yeah, like Donald Trump has definitely
1: run with the like, well, during the government shutdown, I did McDonald's, so I'm going to do that for all the college teams thing, uh, which, yeah, I mean – I don't know. Like, when they first did it, I was like, oh, and you know what? That's, like, kind of cool. That's funny. Like, you know, I ate a Big Mac. Yeah, I ate a Big Mac. Yeah. I ate a Big Mac at the White House. But, yeah, I think it's, you know, and and it's not necessarily even because it's, like, a women's basketball team. I just think, like, beyond the football players, once the government shutdown's over, give these kids, like, a nice meal. (laughs) Like, they're
2: already, like, they get kind of fucked on their food stipends. (laughs) Like, give them a nice meal. And they're athletes. They're, They're training, and they're eating right for the most part. Yeah, they're not pulling up to the White House to get burgers when they won't even eat the burgers on campus. Like, I don't know. I think that them running with that that uh, first joke of when the government shutdown happened and they they gave Clemson the McDonald stuff. I thought that should have been a one-and-done thing. Now it's a mockery. You see the pictures of the Baylor girls. They're almost kind of looking confused. Like, are we? is this a joke? Are we here for real? Or are we, we here for cameras and TV and for laughs? So I don't care that Alex Core is skipping. The White Sox aren't winning. Um, if only the White Sox are attending the uh, White House trip, which is coming up, I don't know. Like, I'll probably miss it, and, and it won't change anything for me. Yeah,
1: I, I do agree also that, It's not, it used to be like a huge honor, but now it's almost like, and I don't think it's just because of Donald Trump. I think in general, with the way like media and social media, like you're just kind of a prop for the president to be like, look how American I am, whether it was Obama, whether it's Trump, whether whoever is next. um, It's just like, oh, look, like I'm so American, I'm with the champions. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, you do kind of become a prop. Um, On Monday, we had a delay in Cincinnati. Uh, Great American Ballpark, due to a swarm of bees that caused an 18-minute delay between the uh, the Giants and the Reds. Uh, Joey Votto came out in like a beekeeper
2: outfit. That guy is hilarious. Um, I think it was Derek they, Dietrich, it, but either way, like they, oh, I thought it was Joey Votto. Maybe they both had it, but they just play. They they played into it, and uh, I thought that was what was the funniest thing about it. That. The players played into it. It's such a random thing. Yeah, we had a rain delay Sunday night and dragged that game. Was it Sunday night? I don't even remember now. Yes, yeah. And then yeah, the game went from one to four, and then it was flexed delayed from one to four, then while. delayed for a while when it should have been done. Then the next day, a swarm of, of bees in Ohio delayed the Great Amer- American Ballpark from throwing the first pitch. And these guys play into it. They have the beekeeper thing. They have the the like insect repellent, and they made a whole joke out of it. Um, That's
1: fun in May, if if you're the Reds. But for me, when I saw that, I just automatically get flashbacks to Jabba Chamberlain just in there. And, like, Joe Torre should have taken the team off the field.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that, that was flashbacks to Cleveland with the Mosquitoes or whatever that was. And it's like, when you see that, yes, exactly, in May... Joe Torre has
1: said that that's the biggest regret in his career is that he didn't take the team off the field.
2: There. We should we should have used instant replay there and saw that there was 45 mosquitoes in Jabba's <laughs> left nostril and we weren't going to be able to figure that one out. But yeah, in May it's in May it's it's funny. In October it's going to change the game. And I just, what's the climate like in Cincinnati that there's that many bees? Or what's going on at the Cincinnati Zoo? The bees are coming over from there. It's Ohio. There's been like since
1: like the 70s this is the third time there's been a delay for bees and they've, it's always been in cincinnati it's very weird like for some reason i yeah like i wouldn't think of bees in cincinnati you told me like flies or you know something else because i think you know there's a river there but um yeah i was not i wouldn't expect bees i don't know if you saw this too um the Reds are playing, like, a number of series over the course of the year where they're wearing, like, throwback
2: uniforms. Yeah, I saw their jerseys. Uh, like, very old. Those were – I thought those were fire this weekend. Yeah, those are cool. And then, again, the guys played into it. I think it was Dietrich that drew, like, a mustache on with his uh, eye yeah. black. They're having fun. And yeah. that team – that team should be a fun team. They kind of threw a motley crew together this year with Puig coming over and uh, Sonny Gray coming over. They, they got to have fun. And Derek Dietrich seems like he's the leader of the team – um, he tried to and they, they, you know, released Matt that Kemp. home run. Uh, he, he pimped that home run that started that whole thing with Archer. Like, I, ho- I hope they're having fun. They're not going to do anything this year, but I hope they're having fun. Oh, yeah. They're, they're in the basement of the NL Central, but and they also got rid of Matt Kemp and his huge yeah, contract. That happened again. He's been traded yeah. four times. Jesus. Matt Kemp's chilling, Jesus. man. He's, he's the man in LA. He should just go back to LA and, and be done with it. What else? What else yeah. you got? Um, uh, a lot
1: of grand slams. Yeah, this weekend. yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Bryant, Hunter Renfro, like I just uh, the bases are getting loaded up, and we talked about the increase in home runs last e- last week.
2: Yeah, I just get the I get the alerts from Bleacher Report, and I clear my alerts over the weekend, and it's like Chris Bryant hit a grand slam. Alex Bregman, Hunter Renfro, Ozzy Albie's, Taylor Davis, uh, Hunter Renfro has the same name as the receiver from the Clemson football team that won the national championship in twenty like seventeen. Um, when he caught the pass from Deshaun Watson, maybe 2016, and then Taylor Davis is a backup catcher in the Cubs system that got popular because he was the backup catcher that would always find the camera and like look at the camera real quick, and uh, he got called up, hit a grand slam. I'm like, is is the pitching that bad? Is that what it is? Because we we're talking about the power surge, so it, I'm convinced the pitching sucks now because the bases get loaded every game, and there's a grand slam every game, there's multiple home runs every game. What we're watching, this new school of baseball without steroids, is just terrible pitching.
1: CC Sabathia was on, uh, I forget what show, but he was on ESPN New York this week. And uh, he went on the record for what I said last about week. About the balls? Uh, he, th- he thinks the, ba- the balls are slick this year. Uh, you know, the, um, the um, why am I blank? The stitches are low. So he's been, you know, he's getting vocal about that. And I think, you know, it is the league probably making a conscious effort that, like, hey, you know, we need to drive offense. So let's, uh, you know, let's let's do what we have to do to the balls to, to make that happen. Yeah. Let's make it, you know, more competitive for hitters because offense drives numbers. And clearly it's working when you have guys who no one's ever heard of uh, going deep. You have pitchers who are having a hard time getting control of the ball. That's why the bases are being are being loaded and, you know, kind
2: of timely hitting i mean i guess it's 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 driving ratings and people like to see it chicks dig the long ball everyone wants a souvenir but i just think it's absurd like i said when i'm looking at my bleacher report notifications i'm like damn how many grand slams were hit this is irregular is this a thing i don't know if anyone's writing an article about it but i don't think i've, I've seen that many grand slams in a matter of like three days over the weekend yeah no it's uh the long ball's back. I like it because I enjoyed
1: the home run chase of 98. Um, and then last, we're going to close things out with uh, what Keith is calling this week's story that's not a story. As you know, baseball, it's a long season. Sometimes you got to find stuff to talk about. And uh, Bryce Harper had uh, had a, a young lady <laughs> attempt to slide in his DMs, and uh, she missed. She missed far and outside.
2: It was such a blatant miss, though, that I don't understand, I don't understand why it made headlines. And I also don't understand why Bryce Harper's wife felt the need to, I don't know, add more attention to it. The girl that sent this uh, picture to Bryce Harper looks like a young black woman. And the post reads, if you're going to try, no, no. Uh, Hey, handsome, I'm Jordan. I'm just trying to be your stress reliever. And then Harper's wife put it on her story, and said, if you're going to try and go after a married man, the least you could do is be smart enough to message his Instagram account and not his wife's. It's such a blatant miss. This is Bryce Harper we're talking about, right? $330 million man. He, whoever's sending this, it could be a bot. It could be a catfish. Kay Harper. No, so apparently it's real. One thing that I... It was sent I at like sense. 2 a.m.
1: But one thing that... It makes sense, but there's been a lot of, like... Media that's covered this. No one has said what this girl Jordan's Instagram is, but some places have posted pictures from her thing. Apparently, like she has a boyfriend too. I have a little bit of a theory that this was she did this hoping that Harper's wife would do this, and it would just drive like traffic. Right. I,
2: I don't believe anything I see on the internet anymore. Nothing is as it seems. There's always some type of angle or a catfish or a bot or a troll just to get the attention, and it got the attention that whoever this girl is like now everyone has seen this girl but like this is a young black girl she's not checking for Bryce Harper even if if she's from Philly maybe because he's got the 330 million but if she's a young black girl from Philly looking for the 330 million she's not shooting her shot at Kay Harper uh Instagram she knows exactly who's Instagram to DM it to and my experience which when I worked with professional players I never dipped too deep into their messages. I have been behind some accounts for some professional players and can tell you that if I'm just logging in to post their Gatorade post that they signed a contract that they have to post, you are going to catch at least three DMs from bots, from thoughts, from trolls that are along the same lines of this that never get open, never get seen. So I think this is one that came through for her and she was like, ooh, I got this one. This was an accident. Let me let me flip this and it's like, I don't know, there's more to the story. I feel like this wasn't actually what we think it it is. I think
1: Bryce Harper's wife kind of got played by this chick to like she gave some exposure, yeah. but at the same time, like Bryce Harper's wife is pregnant. So like
2: I think like so that's a layer of it too. She's she's his now his pregnant pre- wife.
1: Yeah, so like, you know, you see that and you're just like You know, even if you're totally secure in your relationship, you're like, fuck this chick. Like, I'm going to show her. I'm going to shame her online. But the people who think bad about this girl because she did this are not her target audience anyway. Right. Like there are people who are gonna see that and be like, yo, how do I find this girl? How do I slide in her DM? <laughs> exactly. Let me get that let me give me that follow. Let me like all her pictures. And that's what she's looking for. And you know, maybe that turns into some customers for whatever it is that she does for work. Yeah. You know I
2: mean, it. if she's selling ass, I mean, hookin'. if she's selling ass, I'm looking at her ass right now and a bunch of other people in her area now know who she is. She played K. Harper. She she got put on by K. Harper. People literally do anything for clout. There's a a song with uh, Cardi B and Offset. They do anything for clout. This was a clout move. This was absolutely her shooting a shot at Bryce Harper's wife, hoping hoping that she would open it and do something more with it. And she did. Fell right for the bait.
1: Bryce Harper's career is always worse when
2: he's with his wife. And right now, Harper sucks. Right now, Harper sucks. He's struggling.
1: He might need that stress reliever, you know. You never exactly know.
2: actually they should um, they should uh they should look into that.
1: Yeah, right. You know, hey, thoughts are gonna thought. Uh that's what Instagram's pretty much for yeah, at is. this point. 100 percent Um so that's what we got from around the league. It's been, you know, a nice hour and ten minutes on a, a beautiful Tuesday morning. Uh we've got on May 31st a Bronx Pinstripes event. Go to Bronx go to the fan <laughs> shop, buy a ticket. Uh, we have a whole section, Section 205. I believe there's less than 100 tickets left. So if you want to come, uh, you get a ticket to the game. That ticket gets you a beer, a hot dog. You get a T-shirt mailed to your house before the game that we make special for the event. And it's not like, hey, Bronx Pinstripes event like this day. It's a cool shirt um, that the design will be announced shortly. So definitely do that. Check out the Bronx Pinstripe show, the main podcast on bronxpinstripes.com. Uh, follow Keith. On Instagram, on Twitter, at Keith underscore McPherson. It's not his birthday anymore, but he's still accepting follows. He's still accepting likes. Come through. He's not accepting money anymore on the internet. No, I'm always uh, accepting
2: money on the internet. At Keith McPherson, at Ven- my Venmo and my nope, cash nope, app. No, nope, no, nope.
1: no, no. We're not doing this. 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 Don't send. Send Keith a note that says, "Get a job." Like an old man, day, would, man, shaking your fist. I've, I've been out of um, I've been out
2: of an office for ten months. I like it.
1: Follow the podcast at George's Box Pod on Twitter, on Instagram. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx on Twitter, on Instagram. Uh, We appreciate you listening. Rate, subscribe, tell a friend about the show. Uh, Soon we'll be rolling out a mailbag. We're getting uh, our own page on the Bronx Pinstripe site. Uh, We look forward to
2: interacting with you. Keith, do you have anything else for the people this week? Yeah. uh, Last but not least, Movie Club. Major League is on deck. We did Bull Durham uh, a couple weeks back. And I was going through Hulu, and I stumbled across Major League on there. If you guys have Hulu, it's like 99 cents. It's practically free. But I started watching a couple minutes, and I'm like, oh, this is a a good movie to talk about on the podcast. I think I saw Major League when I was very young, but watching the first couple minutes of it again now, it's like a whole new movie. Things were coming back to me, but a lot wasn't. So uh, next week, I'll have my report on, on Major League. Yeah, so everyone at home, if you have the time, it's on Hulu. Um, I haven't looked where, where else you could find
1: it, but find the movie Major League, watch it. We're gonna probably spend like fifteen minutes talking about it. You know, once a month, we're gonna try to do a, uh, you know, just talk about a baseball movie. We love baseball movies. It is on Hulu. You can get it on Amazon Prime for two ninety nine. You can get it on YouTube for two ninety nine. Uh, so there are a lot of options out there to uh, watch it. You could probably just type in full movie stream after Major League, and you'll be able to see it. But mm-hmm. we will be. Uh, Uh, Both myself and Keith will be watching it this week, and we'll talk a little bit about it next week. Anything else, Keith? Let's take this series from the Mariners. That's all I got. Yeah. Fuck the Mariners. Let's get these wins. I'm feeling good about this team. We're getting players coming back. Um, You know, it's an exciting time to be a Yankee fan because we've shown the depth of this organization and... After we beat the Mariners, we're going to Tampa. Tough place to play. We've got the Orioles coming back. Then we've got Tampa coming in the following weekend. So we're a little behind. uh, We're two games behind the Rays. But we control our own destiny to go get that. You know, before that, May 31st, we might be in first place. So get excited. Watch some games. Come out on May 31st. Follow Keith. Follow the pod. Follow me. And uh, make sure you go into your storage unit soon pick out a nice scarf and gloves. It's going to be called in November because I'll see you at the parade.